0: Hey, what's up guys? My name is Salman Zuberi and welcome back to the SD show. So we recorded like five to six episodes by now, but at the end, like the ending episodes, the most recent episodes, um, there have been some audio quality issues and we're working to sort of fix that. And this will sort of be a solo podcast today. And the coming episodes, you know, we are investing in equipment, we are investing in like, you know, other stuff, software and whatnot. So we can sort of um, control the audio quality issue since having this platform is really sort of a blessing where it can reach a lot of people you know i'll meet people that i haven't seen like a long time and they'll be like yo like you know i've seen you uh doing that podcast keep that up and stuff like that and you know it really helps me out a lot obviously that encouragement but also to see that that platform is reaching many components of the community you know it's reaching many parts of the community where you know my voice might not have been known before since you guys know i've always been speaking out about one issue or the other but sometimes it was not given a sort of uh, structure when i'm speaking about it on snapchat or my social media or whatnot you know but now with this platform i have structure i can speak about whatever i want and reach as how many people as i want so let's get started today right we have a multitude of topics today in store um more specifically uh more specifically, we'll be talking about um, sort of the domestic violence issue that sort of, um, you know, basically is a huge part. Is a huge part of our communities. It has been a huge part of our communities. You know, a lot of people feel it's taboo talking about this because, oh, it's going to take away that smile from your face. But it's really important to address these issues so we can work together on like a solution. So... Obviously, it's, I mean, let me first mention the other sort of, um, you know, topics we're going to talk about. We're also going to mention when we're part of, you know, sociological systems, community-wide systems, you know, and you can take this example for a mosque, for a school, for like a community center, you know, what sort of issues are rampant within those centers and, um, you know, I'm going to be talking about some issues that are rampant in my local community centers, local mosques, what I've seen, you know, and what is being uh, sort of um, enforced within these communities, enforced within the youth, and why people are not doing anything to sort of curb this. So those are the topics that we will ta- we'll be talking about. And um, before we get into that, You know I just want to say that I have no religious credibility I'm not a scholar none of that sorts I'm not saying that you know before I discuss these issues I'm a perfect man I have my own vices, I have my own flaws but I'm gonna be talking from a general scale from like a you know sociological um, perspective what are these issues that are sort of you know rampant and what needs to be addressed so let's get into it right Domestic violence, especially what I've seen growing up in a South Asian country in Pakistan, you know, it was huge. You know, they, um, I think they had a legislation for introducing a women's rights bill where, you know, they were going to add this clause in that, you know, if you were to sort of engage in domestic violence, you would face like jail time or something like that. But I don't think it ever got passed. It might be part of Pakistan's legal system now, but obviously, you know how the enforcement of these bills go you know they're basically not enforced you know i'm not saying that this issue is just rampant within the south asian community this issue has been present within the arab community as well most of my arabs uh, arab friends that i've talked to you know the people um that have been connected uh to me you know like African American communities, Arab American communities, you know, South Asian, Pakistani American, Indian American communities, you know. And it's not like they're not educated. Everybody everybody that I talked to that had this problem within their household had a degree. Their parents had degrees, you know. It's a cycle of violence and many people have addressed it as being a cycle which you have to break out of and whatnot. But addressing it is not enough. Solving this on the individual scale is not enough. We have to take community-wide action to stop this thing. And I'll go to mosques, right? I'll go to mosques. I'll hear these Jummah khutbas, you know. And these mosques that, first of all, run on donations, okay? I don't know why these community leaders... And, you know, imams, muftis, whatever. They get stuck with this intoxication of power that now they have this control of the community. Now they have control of the center. So they're going to enforce and put out whatever they want to. No, it's not your center. It's the people's center. It's the community's center. It's the community's mosque. This is running with the donations of the people, okay? This is running with the donations and the money of so many people that you guys gather money from during those long fundraising nights, those long fundraising sort of programs. You gather all this money, say, oh, you're serving the community and whatnot, but are you really serving the community when you put your ideas first instead of what's plaguing the community? And I'm not gonna... Sort of point fingers at one mosque or one center or the other, you know, not everything can be perfect Obviously, there's gonna be flaws of a community of like these centers of individuals and whatnot, but obviously When you recognize a problem, you know, the recognition of something is the first step to solving a problem So I get so mad, you know, because I really promote these mosques I really promote my faith and I really promote these centers That, you know, people should go out of their way to donate to these centers, to go to their programs, and really involve themselves within the community. But when people actually go ahead and do that, you know, and these are people from all walks of life. When I'm telling someone to go to these centers, I'm not telling them that, okay, go to this mosque because, you know, there's a lot of daisies there. Or go to this mosque because there's a lot of Arabs there. A community center and especially mosques which is obviously like you know an Islamic place of worship they should not be centered around they should not be concentrated around a specific ethnicity that is a trend that we've seen within the Chicagoland mosques one mosque will be exclusively Arab mosque one mosque will be an exclusively Daisy mosque you know and whenever you know they ask to sort of um, bring other people to this community, bring other people to that sort of mosques, like their inner community, like the mosque's own community, you know, there will be issues, cause like, well, why do people not address our issues? Why do people not address the issues that are going on within our own ethnicity, you know? Because obviously, whoever the Imam is, whatever their ethnicity is, they know the issues of their ethnicity better than the other ethnicity. But this, these issues, sometimes, they're not just limited to ethnicity. They're limited to an entire system of faith. Not not limited, but they're sort of expansive around all systems that exist within our faith. And, you know, you'll see sort of similarities, sort of perils existing between those systems. You know, for example, I was at this mosque in Ramadan. Obviously, not going to ma- name which mosque I was at. But this person who was, um, you know, he came to that mosque and uh, this was a mosque, exclusively Desi, as some people call it and whatnot. But this Arab person, right? He came to the, one of the programs, he was praying there. And while the talk was going on, you know, like he was hearing everything. And after he finished his prayer, that guy came up to the imam or the mufti or the speaker that was there. And he started, you know, saying that, why don't you guys speak for Palestine, And what really surprised me is what the speaker did next, you know, and the speaker, that speaker, obviously, he was the leader of the community, so-called leaders that we have, you know, instead of many people being there and like, you know, holding each other accountable, having checks and balances, what goes, it's important to have checks and balances. If one person or two people are going to control an entire center or entire mosque, How are they going to be held accountable? Okay. How are they going to be held accountable for, you know, putting their ideas first instead of putting communities, putting community first instead of, like, you know, their own individual egos? Anyways, Um, that leader or that speaker, you know, sort of dismissed his ideas. He, He spoke in a really dismissive tone. I cannot understand Arabic. I don't know what sort of conversation they had in Arabic next because, you know, the speaker asked, like, oh, where are you from? He said, Palestine. And then, you know, he started talking to him in Arabic. And, uh, you know, he did not address the Palestinian issue or what the center is doing, you know, what is what sort of efforts the center is making for speaking about Palestine or confronting this issue. And, um, you know, and just to be, you know, sort of um, really transparent here, that center... When the Majd al-Aqsa, the Mosque of Aqsa, when it got attacked two years ago, I remember it was Ramadan, they had special prayer, like they had like, you know, something, um, I forgot what specifically it was, but they made like special duas for Palestine and whatnot, you know, and obviously he could have mentioned that, he could have spoken about, oh yeah, we like, you know, sort of sympathize with the Palestinian issue and whatnot, but He just dismissed him and, um, you know, that guy left. That Arab guy left. And that's why, you know, these centers or these mosques, some of these mosques are so exclusive to certain ethnicities since their issues are not being addressed. And this is really a failure in the community-wide system that we have within these mosques. Why? Like, did the Prophet did not say that, you know, an Arab does not have a superiority over non-Arab, and a non-Arab does not have a superiority over, you know, over an Arab. So, basically, what we have within these mosques or within these community centers is when you sort of make it exclusive to an ethnicity, you're not really standing for the Muslim community. You're just standing for that ethnicity itself you have to really include everyone and, you know, sort of speak. And obviously you have to understand, you know, well, when you talk about these issues, that there's going to be impacts. People will listen to you. You know, there are so many people listening to you. So many people came to your program, you know, to sort of better their faith. And when they see this dismissive reaction, from a community leader, it really like you know affects their thought process. It affects their mindset. It affects their long term idea ideology of like okay, this community leader was so dismissive of this person. And this person just left. What is that saying? You know. And when you enforce this sort of process, this reaction, you just did that in front of a whole audience, right? So now you did not do this in front of like one person. If you did this in front of like one person you would only influence that one person but now you are influencing so many different people and now maybe when people you know like of different ethnicities talk to those people who are present there about their issues maybe they are gonna be dismissive as well because their community leader did that so the point is we need to make our community centers. We need to make our mosques more inclusive. You know. We need to confront the rampant racism that is present within our communities. And it's present within, you know, both of the prominent Arab or Desi community. You know. There's so many people still, like you know, that come from back home that have these racist ideas. And I've heard so much crap. About, you know, like, oh, these African Americans, if you include them in the community, they're going to do this, this and that. And, you know, these Arab Americans, they're like so arrogant. They've been like so arrogant. That's why they were like, there were so many prophets sent to the Arab land because, you know, they are jahil or whatnot. Bro, what are you doing about your own problems, your own jahiliyyah that is present within your home? Are you confronting your jahil ideologies? The thing is, none of these people are self-accountable. They just want to blame other communities and not take control of the problems that are going on in their own house. You are beating your wife. You are beating your children. You know, you're doing all that stuff. And just outside, you're such a pious man. You're such a religious man. And you put this out, you know, so people can sort of talk good stuff about you. So people can... You know sort of see you in a good light but what you're doing at home you think nobody knows but god knows allah knows allah knows that stuff and you're going to be held accountable for that on the day of the judgment you know the rights of the people the rights of your own household member members are being infringed upon they're being violated and we're not talking about that in the masjids okay we had this whole like three hour session right before that there was a session on mental health in this one community program or this one masjid program that i sort of attended in ramadan one hour mental health program or i don't know how long it was but you know the session after was considerably longer and this was about masculinity and stuff and obviously he's the speakers that were there they offered a lot of good points but one of the people there you know they were like uh, he was like you know, I don't care about, you know, what I'm going to say because, you know, obviously these community leaders, these imams, they have stuff to answer for. I don't have to answer for anything, so I'm going to speak my mind. And he went on about different things, about different ideas. But then it came a point where he openly promoted violence. He's like, oh, if your children and whatnot are not listening to you, you should like, you know, he raised up his hand and whatnot. And, you know, he was talking about disciplining and whatnot like that, which obviously his points I do understand from the point of discipline and whatnot but make that clear make that clear articulate about what you're saying articulate about the background the context or whatever you're speaking because right now in front of you are young minds there's a huge audience and people might take this action that you just made to go home and beat up their wives to go home and beat up their sisters to go home and beat up the woman folk present in the household And why are the community leaders, the imams, the muftis who are so-called, you know, serving the community, why are they giving them this platform? Why are they giving them this platform to come in front of so many different people and speak about this and have no accountability of what they're going to say? There has to be checks and balances. There has to be accountability about what you're speaking about. Okay? So that is one sort of issue, um, you know, that I wanted to bring light upon. And I have to just say that domestic violence is a big, com- like domestic violence is a big problem in the Muslim community. It is. And, you know, we can't just push it away. We can't just say that, oh, Muslims, like, you know, we're just, you know, so faithful and like, you know, we're so spiritual that we don't even do these things. This is a rampant problem. I see no one talking about this. I see no programs about confronting this. No education about this. This is running rampant within our countries back home for the people who are immigrants. And this is still rampant within the United States. People are not speaking up against it, you know? And why do people not speak up? against domestic violence right say for example you know you have a scenario where you have little kids and you know you speak about um you speak up about domestic violence and you know you sort of call the cops and whatnot and um you know they sort of suspect child endangerment and you know you are beating up the kids and whatnot right they will suspect child endangerment they will take you to the foster care system you're stuck with foster care parents and there's a huge degree of abuse within the foster care system as well. A lot of people don't want to go through that. And that's why they never even speak up about the domestic violence that is going on in their homes because they know that they will eventually be sort of transferred to the foster care system and they don't want to do that. But besides from that, this thing, this cycle of violence could be controlled That fire could be put into check if people had education about it. If on like a community-wide scale, on a sociological scale, there was awareness about it. And there were perspectives, there were conversations that existed, that flourished, you know, about these things. But unfortunately, there is not. And that is why communities keep on suffering. These cycles of violence sometimes they're ancestral. they they've been running. You know, your grandmother, uh, you know, got beaten up by her grandfather. Your mother got beaten up by her father, and now you're beating your own wife because you've been conditioned to the same shit. You've grown up in that household, seeing that you know the woman folk have no respect, have no rights and, you know, they're being beaten upon. So you do the same thing when you grow up. When is it going to stop? When your daughter is going to get beaten up by her husband? Is that when it's going to get stopped? No. Sometimes people are so weak, they take no action. And the cycle keeps on going and going for years and years, you know? And say there's an individual, right? He realizes that. He wants to break out of the conditioning. He wants to break out of the cycle. He stops it. He stops it. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that to my own wife or like my own children, you know, when I'm growing up. Or I mean like when I'm married. And, um, you know, that's not enough. On an individual scale, it's not enough. We need community-wide action on this. Okay. That is one thing, and I've seen so many, even like youngsters, so many people, you know, that were like a little bit older than me. I'm 21. They were a little bit older than me, or they were, you know, many years younger than me. And then I'm, I've had conversations with them on this, you know, and they'll sometimes, you know, obviously when the conversation gets really deep, you know, there's vulnerability shared from both sides, and then someone will tell me that, you know, this goes on in their home and whatnot. Some people have openly defended that practice, that beating up your wife is okay. 14-year-olds, 16-year-olds, what's wrong with you, bro? So when I talk about education, you know, it's really important to understand that a lot of people don't understand how conditioning works, how the trauma that you sort of carry from your childhood, you can project that within your own relationships, within your own marriage and within your own sort of bonds with other people as well. And obviously conditioning and, you know, these sort of, um, uh, you know, terms are part of psychology and there is not any sort of understanding, very little, little to none understanding of psychology in the education systems back home. I can personally sort of vouch for this when I say that when I was growing up in Pakistan, there wasn't a subject of psychology. It could have really helped my development if I had that subject. And I would have understood how these things work, how the human brain works, how sociological systems work, which obviously sociology is a different subject. But when you can understand and analyze why certain people take certain decisions, they act on certain things... You know why they sort of you know um engage in abusive behaviors when you can understand that and have you know sort of education about that you can transfer that education you know to other people you can have conversations about it and that's really important but it's not a part of our education systems back home and spe- especially like when you'll see like you know immigrants coming in obviously like you know when we come in from different countries, I'm an immigrant myself, I can personally vouch for this. Say you have an immigrant uncle in his 50s. If you go to him and ask him, you know, say he's like a general, you know, uh, blue collar working uncle, right? Working as a blue collar worker. And you ask him about what conditioning is. What are these psychological terms you know ask him to reflect on if anything that he's been conditioned upon you think he's going to be able to answer that and i'm not saying i'm literally generalizing this right but say major and i can say that majority of people that are coming from the education systems back home do not understand psychology they don't understand conditioning. They don't understand traumas. They don't understand how you can project it. They, can, they don't understand, you know, even, like, what the consequences of their racist ideas, the consequences of, you know, violating their household members' rights. What are the consequences of all of that? They don't understand that because they've never been educated about it. they They don't recognize it, you know. It's a foreign thing, and especially mental health too. Majority of the people, I can say, who've come from the education systems back home do not recognize mental health as an issue. They don't recognize the problems that go on and they don't understand how to treat them and how to sort of, you know, sympathize with the person who's suffering from those issues. But, anyways right when we have these problems when we have these issues there needs to be education about it and if that education has not been a part of that person's education system back home or you know even here they haven't dabbled into that the community needs to step up the community leaders need to step up and do something about it you know I see all these centers being built up. I see these seminaries being built up. Why is there not a research center which can survey people, which can sort of, you know, collect information on the statistical data of different issues and track them from our community? What are the number of people that have faced domestic violence in their lives? You know, limit that to a specific community, our community, and collect data on that. When you don't have data, when you don't know what's going on, when you do not have facts and figures, when you don't have the numbers, you're not going to be able to solve an issue. Because when you have that data, when you have that statistical sort of significance about Specific things about specific topics Then you can really commit to changing that You know, you can sort of put out education there you can track the efficiency of That education or that material or that program that you're putting out as well Have people do a survey after they've attended that program, you know, there needs to be data collection In order to solve big issues present within our community Now the next topic that I want to talk about is sort of discrimination based on national origin. Okay. Say you're a kid, you're an immigrant kid who came to the United States in his early 20s or even his teenage years. Now, you're trying, obviously, for most people, when you come to the United States, it can be a culture shock, right? Completely different society, you know, norms are different, certain ideologies are different, certain ways of going about things is different. And now, obviously, conformity, is a part of human nature when you sort of un- conformity can be a part of human nature in different ways for this specific topic I'm talking on the general scale I'm talking when you come from one society to a completely different society obviously there are some things that you will need to conform on you're not gonna adopt all the ideologies of that system, or those systems that are present within the new country, but there are some things, some behaviors that you have to conform with, right? So, say, you know, going back to the example of that immigrant kid, you came here in your early 20s, teenage years, whatever, now you're trying to conform or fit in, as many people sort of term it, with the rest of the community, with the rest of the people. And obviously, there is this need within human beings to be validated, to seek approval. And we can sort of dismiss it that, oh no, I don't seek validation, and you know, I can't, I'm just so away from this system, and you know, I don't care what people think and whatnot. But in a subconscious way, you do. People want to be liked, you know, that's a part of human nature. Now, say, you have that same thing. You just came here, you want to be liked, you want to make friends, you want to fit in the community, you want to even rise up within the community. There are certain things you're conforming with, there are certain things that you cannot conform with. Why? Because you did not grow up with them. There are certain, you know, types of music, maybe, there will be like a sort of difference in the dialect or the way you're speaking you know and that may sort of continue for the rest of your life or you may sort of like you know conform to within those those things as well but certain things maybe will stay with you and when that difference is noted by the people who are already present here by the you know sort of people who are you know way deep into the melting pot of the United States because obviously this is a melting pot culture right this is not a white man's culture this is not a black man's culture this is not an Asian man's culture this is not an Arab man's com- culture this is not a Muslim man's culture this is a melting pot you know even if you're a really significant part really like deep part of the Muslim community the Arab community the desi community whatever community you're a part of there are gonna be other systems sort of influencing you you know, and obviously with the internet, the power of influence ranges even beyond that. You can be getting influenced with various ideas, uh, positive or negative in nature, even while sitting in the most religious of countries, right? So anyways, when that difference is noted by the people who are already present here, they might discriminate, they might, because when there are differences, People are not really sometimes ready for the differences when they see them. And when they'll see something that is drastic from their own behaviors, they might not like it. They might call you out. They might make fun of you. And that is present on a community-wide scale as well. And that is present in like, you know, this culture that we have within the United States as well. Because every sort of community has this thing. Say you come from like, you know, an Arab country. Same scenario, you're in your or early 20s. And now you are trying to be, the, be a part of an Arab community. Most of those people in that community people have that have been brought up here there will be differences at the end of the day but on both sides we have to learn to be okay with those differences we have to learn that just because you're speaking a certain way or just because you understand certain music just because you have different music tastes does not make you superior this is this just baffles me on such a gigantic scale That people you know obviously we have this idea that you are not superior or inferior than anyone this idea is a part of faith you're not superior chill out okay like please do not put your ego so high that now you think that just because someone is coming from a different country and someone just came here and you know more than them no you do not know more than them okay they might be different in certain ways but you guys have an equal opportunity at success within the united states and let me remind you this is the united states this is not europe this is not a white man's country by 2050 or 2070 the racial makeup the demographics are already changing white people will no longer be the majority of this country so with that thought let me also put it that english was not the native language Of this country talking historically the Native Americans they originally sort of you know basically owned this country this is their country okay this is their country to begin with yes the colonizers came they brought all this industry and whatnot with them but that doesn't change the facts that at the end of the day this is a melting pot this is A country of immigrants immigrants build this country you know and just because a new immigrant is coming in and they're speaking in a different way or saying shit that doesn't make sense to you doesn't give you a right to discriminate against them doesn't give you a right to make fun of them and you know when i sort of talk about these topics right people will come up to me be like oh who did shit with you who talks shit to you man Or like, you know, is there something that's going on? Or like, you know, did you get discriminated against or whatnot? No, this is just a general issue that I want to bring upon. So as I was saying, growing up here does not make you superior. Growing up there does not make you superior. Because we'll have some people, some immigrants from back home too, think that, you know, the Americans here, the Americanized people, they're stupid, you know, they don't know certain things, they don't have... Financial knowledge or you know, they haven't grown up in humble circumstances. That's why they know They don't know how to be like, you know smart about their finances and whatnot. That's not true. Even people out here Are smart about their finances They can have the same amount of knowledge A person from here and a person from there have an equal opportunity at success They have an equal opportunity at seeking knowledge And just because you grew up here or there doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to process knowledge in like, you know, a different way. And now you're going to be above everybody. That's not true. So I just wanted to make that clear. And, you know, sort of, obviously, I faced this issue back in high school, when I was really young, you know, and I never wanted to, like, you know, actually have this, push or i never had that pressure to fit in oh i'm just gonna you know start acting differently or you know say certain things in a different way just because i want to fit in no certain things obviously certain slangs become a part of your language when a lot of people are saying that around you you know that's not necessarily you know trying to fit in, that's just like it just happens by itself since like you know it's a part of language how communication happens so just to communicate effectively you sort of pick up on that right But I'm not going to say that, oh, some person who's not speaking like this is not my friend, you know. They cannot ever be my friend. And, you know, I'm going to just single them out because they're not speaking that way. A lot of people do that, you know, and it's shameful. So national origin, remember that. That's not a factor that you can sort of discriminate a person against. Um since we're talking about melting pots and whatnot, now we have to understand as Muslim Americans, this is a melting pot in which you see all the facets, all parts of the Ummah coming together. You have Arabs here, you have Daisy here, you have you know Central Asian Muslims here, you have Indonesians, you have Malaysians. You have Russians, you have a lot of Uzbekis, you have a, you know, you have people from Tajikistan, you know, you have people who've grown up here, you know, as Muslims from the first day. Since the original, you know, uh, people that were part of the United States and the slaves that were brought in and, you know, like uh, when the whole slavery thing was going on, you know, a lot of African Americans at that time, they were Muslim too. Islam has a really deep history in Africa and people sort of fail to, you know, realize that people sort of fail to actually celebrate that. African American Islamic heritage should be celebrated. Now this idea of national origin sometimes also becomes an issue when people, you know, are sort of deciding to marry within the community. I see a lot of issues, I see a lot of cases when, um, you know, someone wants to marry and, you know, their parents are not letting them just because they're Arab, just because they're African-American, just because even, even, like, when you're South Asian, right, you speak the same language, you know, you're mostly speaking the same language. Obviously, there's, like, you know, South Indian languages as well, but say you have understanding of Hindi or Urdu or whatnot, people don't even... You know, like parents don't even let the children marry within the same It's the same culture, bro Like they have so much animosity against this idea of even like, you know, marrying a person from a different country Say you're Indian, they don't let you marry if you're Pakistani Say you're Pakistani, they don't let you marry an Indian, you know And this issue is so rampant There's so many marriages that fail to happen just because this issue is there. And even though the caste system sort of should become irrelevant here, when we're sort of flourishing as Muslims within the United States, it's still there. People don't marry into like, you know, um, certain castes, certain castes don't want people of other castes, you know, there's obviously Maimans, there's like, you know, Syed's that don't accept non sayyids and really? The Prophet in his last sermon, obviously there's a strategic significance behind every one of his commands, behind every one of you know the ideas that he shared, the perspectives that he shared, you know, that are shared as hadith. But in his last sermon, what he shared, there is strate- there there is a strategic sort of significance behind the timing. Why did he share this in the last sermon? Because it was a message to the upcoming communities of the world, to the upcoming Muslims that will sort of, you know, come and you know, will be born until the Day of the Judgment. And what did he say? That an Arab, what I just said earlier, that an Arab has no superiority over a non-Arab. A non-Arab has no superiority over an Arab. These ethnicities don't matter. So when you stop your children marrying into different cultures, Just because you have animosity against that culture, just because you have stereotypes within your mind, ingrained deep within your mind, that you fail to confront, is just, you're not going to be a follower of Sunnah, you're not going to be a follower of Hadith if you sort of act that way. If you have these ideas, that is discrimination at its finest. Because at the end of the day, we're supposed to be an ummah, we're supposed to be one. By having these intercultural marriages that are from different cultures, ethnicities, whatnot, When we have this, we build oneness. We build oneness within the community. We build sort of unity within the community. Because now your children are going to be growing up with both cultures. But what is the main idea going to be same? What is that one variable that is going to be same, the most important variable? And that is of faith, that is of being Muslim personally talking, obviously I'm Muslim, that's why I'm sharing this idea, that personally, I want this idea to be propagated. I want this understanding that marrying into a different culture is not going to give you just additional problems. Language barrier, you're obviously, within the United States, if you're, say, even if you're an immigrant, right? If you're in your youth, you're gonna capitalize on speaking the, the english language and you're gonna sort of build strength on that you will be speaking english just fine and say you find someone from a different culture or different ethnicity it shouldn't you know give you this barrier that oh no i have a language barrier i listen to like you know uh, things in my own language i listen to like you know speeches in my own language i'm more comfortable with my own language oh, obviously there's preferences and whatnot you know but that shouldn't be a barrier to build unity you have to share these things share marriages you have to share you know different um systems obviously the marriage is a system right you have to share systems within these cultures within these ethnicities within people that are following that same variable that are following the same faith but only thing that is differing is like where they came from that shouldn't be significant so obviously you know when we're sort of um, discussing the solutions to these systems it's not a one-answer solution it's not oh I'm gonna talk about it today you're listening to this and it's immediately gonna be solved I also want to address another issue which sort of um, becomes a part of the American community when we come out to western countries we don't really identify ourselves as being ingrained or being a part of that country or that you know sort of identity itself and that can be an that can be problematic in a number of ways right when you're coming out here you know depending on how long you plan to stay But say your plans are to sort of establish yourself here, have kids here, and now your kids are going to be growing up and you're going to have generations here. You need to understand that if you're coming to America, you are going to be an American. Okay? You cannot be... You know all the shitting on america and like being like oh i'm not a part of this community i'm not a part of this country and whatnot yeah it has its problems yeah we donate you know so much aid to israel or whatnot we have you know so many eco- economic like you know things that many people might not agree with but at the end of the day it's your identity who's gonna change it you are gonna change it your generations are gonna change it okay we need to commit ourselves to understanding that if we're living in a specific community if we're living in a specific country we are a part of that identity and we need to do everything on our own accord to change things up and to make things better within whatever we are living in within wherever we are existing you're not going to be able to change stuff in pakistan you're not going to be able to change stuff in syria right now you're living in america Okay, and if there's problems here, if there's stuff that you don't agree with, speak up against against it, you know, speak up against it, do something about it, have perspectives, have like a voice out there and platform yourself. Nobody can platform you but yourself and there's so many ways to platform yourself nowadays where you can just speak to a camera and have that perspective be shared with millions or depending on how the algorithm sort of you know pushes you it might not be millions you know it might be just a couple hundreds but whatever it is if you're living within the united states and i've you know had this conversation with many people who won't like to be a part who Like, you know, when they see this flag in my room, they're like, why do you have the American flag in your room? Because I am a part of this country, okay? I benefit from this country every day. All these resources, all this electricity. In Pakistan, we didn't even have consistent electricity. Here, I have consistent electricity, and it's a blessing, you know? I'm not gonna just throw away that blessing, or I'm not gonna, like, you know, um, say that, okay, since, like, you know, America is, like, you know, has relations with Israel, or has relations with, like, you know another country that you know we might not agree on a ideological basis i'm now gonna talk shit about the entire country itself you know just sabotage sabotage uh um, my identity no you're eating here you're benefiting from all the systems here you have comforts here you are here so be a part of it embrace your location, embrace, you know, whatever community you are in, embrace the country itself, your generations are going to be here. They are going to grow up with this American identity, this idea of the constitution of these legal systems existing. Checks and balances, separation of powers may not be the best and okay, we can go into so many political conversations about it, but at least those systems are there. For where I came from, those systems weren't there, and it's a huge blessing that these systems are here. I know about my rights. Over there, where I came from, they don't teach you about your rights. So if you get beaten upon, if you you know sort of get your property taken away, you probably don't even know what are your rights or what you can do about it. That is the case for many situations, for many countries, for many people. And so, you know, going through the education system here, learning from all these things, where I am today, and where, you know, God has given me a chance to be a part of this country, I want to serve it eventually, because this is my country. And I will serve it in whatever way I can, you know, by sort of helping the community, by serving the community. Even if you're helping, you know, any single person out here, that is beneficial to you know, the community as a whole because say you benefit him in like a temporary way, right? You're also benefiting maybe in some way his family, maybe in some way his future kids and whatnot because that piece of information, that piece of knowledge, that idea of that specific help that he got from you, he might use it in a number of ways and attain success from it. There is this old Chinese proverb that they say, um, you know, I don't know if it's an old Chinese proverb, but it's a part of, you know, sort of this literature that exists around sayings and whatnot. That if you feed a man, uh, wait, let me remember how exactly it went. Um, I think it was something like if you feed a man for a day, You help him for like one day but if you teach that man how to feed himself you sort of feed him for like a lifetime so I'm not saying the exact thing right I know it was something different like there has there's an element with fish if you teach a man how to fish you feed him for like a long time but you guys get the point right so don't just help someone temporarily help them understand the system help them sort of um, adopt a system. If you help them adopt that system of where you're getting your knowledge from or where you're getting your monetary benefit from, when that system is sort of ingrained within their lives, then you help them on a permanent basis. You feed them for a lifetime. And their generations might, you know, sort of um, benefit from it. So that is my point, and that is something that we should all strive to and um, be a part of bigger change that way. And with that said, we're concluding this podcast here, and thank you so much for listening to me. We'll be back in another episode with a guest where we're gonna be sharing new ideas, new topics and a lot of information and hopefully all this information that we share this knowledge that we share can benefit you in some way can sort of at least lead you to reflect on certain things that you know might exist within your own life you know all this conversation that i had about community wide change about psychology about you know maybe maybe domestic violence is not an issue in your home but maybe it's an issue in your friend's home or maybe there's other cycles of violence or cycles of abuse or cycles of even mistreatment of each other that exist within your own house or within your own community that now you can reflect upon. Now you can have perspectives on, you know? And if someone's struggling through it, you know that you can get yourself informed, you can understand these things from an in-depth perspective and help them in that way help them seek help, or whatever it is, now you have that ability to reflect upon things and do something about it. And that is my intention from having this conversation. So thank you so much again for listening to me. And I'll see you guys in another episode. Sc out.